So let me do a little recap. So week number one, we talked about David, and I brought the sword with me. And David was anointed to be king, yet when he lived in the kingdom, Saul threw spears at him. And the thing that made David amazing was David refused to pick up that same spear and throw it back. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm there yet. Can anybody relate to that? I mean, some of you are. Some of you, I can even see your halos. Um, but but I, I'm, I'm not quite there yet. You start throwing spears at me. <laughs> I, I, I might can get past one. You know, Tony, you know what I mean? But two and three and four, <laughs> the karate kid is coming out, you know? And, and, but David, and we, we talked a little bit to his, one of his mighty men and just kind of fictitiously thought, I thank David that he didn't throw spears back. Otherwise, he would have divided the very kingdom that he was receiving his blessing from. And I wonder how many times in life, perhaps, we've been offended. So because we've been offended, we offend others. And we divide the very kingdom, the very church, the very workplace, the very family that God intends to use to bless us. Because God always... You blesses through unity. Week number two, we started talking about these building blocks over here, and this really messed with some people. I think I see more people with tears in their eyes when we talked about this. That, that in order to grow a healthy person uh, in an ideal situation, we need these foundational blocks. We need to be seen and soothed. And most of the time, that comes from a healthy relationship with a mom. And we also need to be safe and secure. Most of the time, that comes from a healthy relationship from a dad. And when I say that, it doesn't even necessarily have to be biological. Because some people are raised by grandparents and, and adopted parents and step-parents. But, but all of them can provide those things. When those things are provided, and it's never too late, when those things are provided, it helps us understand our identity. Our identity is the doorway to our destiny, and then that gives us purpose. Now that I have identity, now that I'm secure, now that I'm safe, now I'm not threatened by you because I already know who I am. Now we can experience the power of we. And, and now I'm not offended by you or your strength or your opinions because I know who I am, and I know my strengths and weaknesses, and now we can have the power of we, right? Week number three, we came to the four chairs. We talked about Joseph and the four chairs. And, and Joseph, um, he could have sat in the chair of betrayal. He could have sat in the chair of blame. He could have sat in the chair of bypass. He could have sat in the chair of bitterness. But instead, Joseph shows us that on every opportunity to be offended, he refused to sit in any of the chairs, but instead he stood in the blessings of God, leaving us an example that we've got to sometimes get out of the betrayal. We've all been betrayed. We've got to get out of the blame. We've all been blamed so that we can stand in God's blessings. And then last week, we visited John the Baptist, of all people, in prison. And John the Baptist, who Jesus himself said, born to woman, there was none greater than John the Baptist. Yet we find him in a dark dungeon cell, the third cell we called it, maybe doubting, asking, Jesus, are you really the Messiah, or should I be looking for another? And Jesus makes the, the statement that is so profound. John, here's what's happening. And by the way, blessed is the man who's not offended. 
He was saying, blessed is the man who's not offended in me. But isn't it true that if we can keep our hearts right, if we can keep our hearts away from being offended, a heart of forgiveness, Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flows the wellsprings of life. That if we can live this unoffendable life, we talked about it's not my job not to offend you, it's your job to decide I'm going to be unoffendable. Because I don't know what nerve to avoid from offending you, right everybody? And so this week, I want to take it a little further, and I couldn't get past this verse. I I, I really honestly had about three others outlined, and I decided, Lord, I'm going to put them on the table, and I'll come back and do another series one day on forgiveness, and I'll pull some of these notes out. But there was this one verse that I just couldn't get past, and I've read it probably a hundred times in my life. I've preached it on Good Friday. I've preached it on Easter. But this time, something jumped out at me that I just couldn't put in the file cabinet and come back to. And so here's my verse that I want to start with tonight. Luke chapter number 23, verse number 34. Um, Jesus is now hanging on the cross, right? He's dying for our sins. Uh, If I could say it this way, he's dying for the offenses of the world, the violations, okay? And and, and then he says this, and and any of you that have come to church or at least are are an Easter and Christmas Christian, you know what I mean? Uh, You've heard this before. Jesus said, hanging from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And, and, And I think I've talked about Father, forgive them, which is important in a series on offense. But I've never really stopped and thought about, they offended me, but they had no idea what they were doing. They're doing this terrible thing to me. They have no idea the consequences that it will have. I want to look at these two statements for just a minute. First of all, he says, Father, forgive them. What's interesting about this, Jesus is on the cross, and he looks down, he says, Father, forgive them. Then he dies so that he can answer his own prayer. I want you to think about that. Father, forgive them. Now I'm going to die because the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So now I'm going to shed my blood. I'm going to die so that I can answer the very prayer that I just prayed. Wow, now come on. That's powerful, right? But that also says something to me. It says something to me. Father, forgive them. And then he dies. And then the thought crosses my mind. Maybe something in me needs to die in order for me to forgive those that have offended me. Ah. Woo, come on, you were waiting for the whammy on that one, weren't you, huh? I, I mean, maybe something in me should die so I could forgive those that have hurt me, that have violated me, that have offended me, that have, come on, can anybody relate to that? Maybe, maybe my ego needs to die. I know you don't have one, so let me just talk about me. Maybe my pride needs to die. Maybe my, maybe my resentment needs to die. Uh, uh, maybe my bitterness needs to die. This, this all comes under the category that I must become less so that he could become so much more. I, I want you to imagine that God wants to elevate our life to a whole nother level, but maybe all the offenses and all the for- unforgiveness are the potholes on the runway. And so it's hard for you to get enough momentum to get to the next level because the runway is filled with offenses and unforgiveness. 
Come on. And maybe if we can get past the offenses, and maybe if we can bring some forgiveness into our life, God could truly bring us to another level. Maybe if we can get past the offense of 2020, 2021 could be a whole better year. Can I get an amen on that one, everybody? And then he says this, and then he says, for they don't know what they are doing. I, I, I've said, I've read that verse so many times, but some of the people that hurt you, they have no idea that they hurt you. Have you ever had anybody pull out in front of you in traffic and were totally oblivious that you were there? Come on, you've done it to other people. That's what you get for putting a radius bumper sticker on your car. I've seen you, right? People don't even know the effect they've had on you. Father, forgive them. They have no idea what they're doing. Father, they have no idea what they did to push me one step closer to resigning. They have no idea what they did for me to take one more step to a day with the curtains drawn and soaking in depression. They have no idea their little offhanded comment struck a nerve. They had no idea the joke they said struck a nerve that's been with me for all of my life. They have no idea the, the, the cause or the cost when they did what they did. They're just busy living their life and they have no idea the hurt, the sacrifice, the death to me that they are creating. Ah, oh, come on, are you following that? Uh, and the event itself, we already know this, but the event itself might be long gone. The effects, though, are still very present. How many can at least relate to that at least one time? The, the event is a long way. I mean, it's way back there. But the effects of that event, they stay with us. That's why last week we talked about you can't forgive and forget. You've got to remember and forgive. Now, I want to bring you to a verse right here, and, and, and out of this verse is how I want to conclude this message. And so I want to take you to Colossians, and Colossians says something very interesting to me, uh, and, and I kept trying to fit this verse in, part number one and wasn't quite there, and part number two, and, and finally, I decided I'm going to build this whole message around this verse. Because we've already established that people are going to let us down, Right? And people that we love and people that love us are going to let us down. And here's why. Check it out. Here's what the Bible tells all of us. Make allowances for each other's faults. Woo, could we just stop right there? Hey, let, let, let me just get selfish and use it. Make allowances for my faults, everybody. Love me no matter how big of an idiot I am. No matter how much I let you down, no matter how much I offend you, because I'm going to offend you when you have an expectation of me, but because of faults I have in my life, you, your expectation, my fault is going to let down your expectation, and that's where the offense starts. So I have faults. Uh, how can you say that? Because you have faults too. All God's children have faults. 
And the Bible acknowledges that none of us are perfect, that we all have faults. And so the Bible tells us to make allowances for each other's faults. And if you'll make some allowances, and let me say it another way, if you'll give some grace to some people for having some faults and not being perfect, even though they carry the biggest Bible in the church, if you'll give them some allowance and some grace, come on everybody, then we won't be so easily offended because we won't be expecting everything from a person, we'll expect everything from God. Yeah, yeah. Watch it. But it doesn't even stop there. Then it says, and forgive anyone who offends you. Let me give you, let me kind of translate this a little bit. An, an offense or, or a fault basically is an offense. See, it's your shortcoming. It's my shortcoming. It's, it, 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 it's, that's what offends you. It's my shortcoming. It's when I don't meet your expectation. It's when I'm not perfect. It's when I don't show up on time. It's when I didn't fulfill my promise. Because I'm not perfect, I don't meet your expectation, and so my fault is the thing that ends up offending you. Right? Come on, married folks. Where are you tonight? You understand what I'm saying? Right? Okay, so here's what I want to do. I want to take that word of fault, and, and, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to be like a school teacher. I'm going to put this in a graph, okay? So, so take me to my graph and, and just put this up here, and we're going to spend the rest of the night filling in these blanks, okay? Be, because the fault has different levels or different degrees that it has. So, so your fault that offends me can offend me on different levels, on the most basic level, it's just a frustration. You, you following what I'm saying? Okay, let me back up. Let me define fault again. Fault is, is, first of all, everybody has a fault. If you didn't have your mask on, I'd make you look at your neighbor and say, you got faults. So just, just send it to them telepathically, all right? All right? You got fault because, because we all have faults. Um, and so everyone has faults. And so when, 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 when my fault comes across your hurt, when I'm trying to do life, watch this, we come to church to worship God, but while we're, while we're trying to do relationship this way, we all come to church, we're trying to do relationship this way, we bump into each other this way. And when, we, and, and when I bump into you the wrong way, and my fault, my shortcoming, bumps into your hurt, and your pain, and your unresolved, I've never been secured in life, then offense happens. So, so that's the fault category. We're going to talk about that. Uh, and, and faults can happen, and it, and it creates different levels. So there can be the, the frustration level. This is just real simple. The, the frustration level is, you cut me off in traffic, and it frustrated me. Mm -hmm. I cut you off in traffic, and you told me I was number one. And that frustrated me, right? You guys follow me? I know you guys are too good to ever know what I'm talking about. huh? Or, or the knucklehead that drives in the slow. Oh, yeah, I've already used that illustration. I can't help it. It still does. And so there's a frustration there. Here's what I read when I was studying this. Most of our offenses, it's like crazy. I don't want to quote it, but it's like up there toward 90% of our offenses are only on this level. Doesn't that make you feel silly? Huh? It's like, 
You you know, families don't break up because we blew up grandma. Families break up over little frustrations that keep adding up. I hope nobody's blowing up grandma, but you get the point, okay? All right. Uh, Okay, so so let me give you one other definition of frustration just for your working. It's an annoyance. It annoys me. Your shortcoming annoys me. My shortcoming annoys you. The way you always, whenever we argue, annoys me. The way you, okay, it annoys me. All right? Okay. Uh, Or it could go a little bit deeper, and and it's a failure. It's when I feel failed. Uh, their, their, Their fault did more than annoy you. Remember when we defined offense? The first definition was annoyed. The second definition was to strike against or to violate. Okay, now we're moving from annoyed to, 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 to you failed me. You said you were going to do something, and you didn't, and you let me down, and you failed me. And, 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 and so now I'm beyond frustrated. I feel failed. Or we could go to the next level, and the next level would be, and I didn't have room to write it in here, but it would be a flagrant foul. Come on. A flagrant foul. That means I didn't foul you on accident. It means I purposely, to keep you from scoring, I hurt you to help me. Uh, Now that's a deep offense. Uh, It's really bad when I deliberately tried to destroy you. I've deliberately done something to harm you. I've deliberately, I lied about you on purpose. Uh, There was, it it comes in the the form of abuse. And and, and so what I want to accomplish tonight is I want to help us know how to put things in the right columns. Because sometimes we're talking about, I need a miracle. And you don't need a miracle. You need some boundaries in your life. And some people, we need a prayer breakthrough. No, you need some patience in your life. Hello? I'm going to show you this. And and because putting things in the right columns are very important in life. I remember one time, I've used this illustration before. I was in school. And, and we had a math problem, and I was young, and it was, I, I don't remember what it was, 248 plus 248, and, and the teacher with her red pen marked it wrong, and I looked at it, and I did the math, and it was right, I did it again, one, two, three, four, five, and it was right, and so I went up to her desk and said, look, I, I don't understand why you marked this wrong, this is right, and she said to me, she said, you're kind of right and kind of wrong, your math is correct, But your columns are out of alignment. (sighs) What happens, Christians, when you have your scriptures right? Woo! But your life is out of order. And I've found that Christians love when their life is out of order and you're in the wrong column. You like to take a scripture and put it in the wrong column with you. I'm going to pray now. If you need to leave, you can leave during the prayer. All right? Okay, so let's look at it. Let me go down this row first. And so we're going to talk about a fault. So we already know that a fault is the offense. Okay? Your fault becomes my offense. Your shortcoming irritates me. Okay? And what's connected to that is a feeling. So, so I don't mean to keep pointing at you two guys, but you're it. Okay? So, so when you offend me, Tony, um, it creates a feeling in me, Right? 
Hello, everybody? Okay. And, and so then, uh, what do I got next? That feeling is going to produce a result. Um, remember, because last week we talked about feelings are good indicators, but not good dictators. So d- depending if I'm living by feelings, if I'm mature emotionally or not, and I get offended, that's going to produce a result. Okay, keep tracking with me. Okay, and, and then from there, but now, but, if, but I, I need an antidote to that. I need a way to fix that. Or I need, uh, another word is, I need an answer. Uh, how, do I, how do I fix that? Uh, and then lastly, uh, there's a reaction. We want our reactions to be good and not negative, right? How, how many of you can bear witness to this? You love Jesus, but something happens, and all of a sudden your reaction, you didn't have time to think about a scripture, your reaction was just like, bam, and it wasn't a good reaction. Anybody else? Please help my brother out. Okay. Okay, but as we grow and as we understand and as we line up our columns, our reactions can become healthier. Okay? All right, so let's look at it. So, so remember, these are degrees. They're, they're depth of the, the faults or the offense. So let, let's go across. The offense always happens at the place of exchange. Okay? So at the level of frustration, let me say it this way. Their, their fault, okay, their fault led to an offense. And that offense happened at a frustration level at the point of exchange, if I could keep using the traffic uh, illustration, you cut me off in traffic, that was our point of exchange, and it frustrated me. You have a fault. You're a terrible driver. It offends me. It happened when you pulled out in front of me, and you drove in the slow lane, and I'm in a hurry, and it happened at the point, I'm still praying for deliverance over the traffic thing, everybody, all right? And it happened at the point of exchange, okay? And, 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 and I yell out the window at you, and you yell out the window at me, and, and there's a point of exchange. It happens at the point of, I wrote something on Facebook that you didn't like, and you unfriended me. It happens at the point of exchange. <laughs> Don't you love sometimes having these masks on? <laughs> this is nice. You can hide behind them masks. You're like, woo! You can't, I can't tell when I step on your toes. All right, so here we go. So... Or it could go deeper than that, and now it's not just at the point of exchange, um, but you failed me when you failed to meet my expectation. Okay, so now I had an expectation. When someone fails you, uh, uh, the offense happens at the place of expectation, right, or exchange, but now I am failed because you didn't meet my expectation. Uh, 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 Someone made me a promise and didn't keep it. You failed me. A parent was supposed to, and I was, they didn't, and I was offended. You failed. Uh, Some of you know the story of Mephibosheth. What do you do in life when someone who is supposed to do something for you They didn't necessarily do it on purpose, but they failed you, and they let your expectation down. Oh, you promised me that. Have you ever had a promise when you were a kid that an adult was going to do something for you good that you really needed and they didn't come through? I think we all have. They failed you because you had an expectation. Mephibosheth, his nurse, picked him up to help him, and in the process of 
running out to protect him, she dropped him and crippled him. And, and for the rest of his life, he was now crippled because someone failed him. When they were expecting to be helped, they got hurt. Okay? Or, now it gets real serious. The offense uh, happens at the place of exchange, uh, at the place of my expectations. When it's a flagrant foul, now you've exploited me. Now it's getting serious, right? Only about 10% of the offenses are over here in that category. Um, And that's 10% too many. How many would agree? And I want to tread light because there are those that are watching online and there are those that are sitting in this room that totally understand, hey, Ken, the offense is not someone cutting me off on traffic. The offense goes way deeper. They flagrantly fouled me. They tried to keep my life from moving forward, so they fouled me. When, 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 when the, a flagrant foul, they exploit you when, when they hurt me to help themselves. <laughs> the, 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 the offense happens when, when, when you violate me to benefit them. And, and let me, I'll just throw some out here. And I know this is sensitive right here. But when you exploit me, it's for you to benefit and me not. You're going to hurt me in order to help you. You're going to do something bad to me so that you can get something good out of it. Come on, how many can fill in the blanks? And so there's all kinds of people that have lived through horrible things like rape. That's an that's a exploitation. There, there's people that you've been stolen from. That's explo- Anybody ever been robbed? Doesn't it feel like, man, I've been exploited here? Uh, you took something from me. It hurt me to help you. Okay? So uh, people that have lied, defamation of character, okay? All of those kind of things. So you guys got it? Okay, so that's the offense. Those are the exp- offenses. Let's talk about the feelings that come with those things. So when it's just a frustration feeling, um, it, it makes me feel like I have no value. Um, and now if you combine that with any of these missing blocks here, I have no value because first of all, I'm not secure. And, and, and second of all, I was never seen, right? That's why when I get cut off in traffic, it's not about me getting cut off in traffic. The reason I totally lose it over a stupid car, red Toyota truck, in the slow lane, (laughs) is not about me feeling I have no value in the moment. It has deeper roots than that. The moment leaves me frustrated. But you combine that with what chair I'm sitting in, what spears have been thrown at me. Come on now. Is that making sense? Okay. So I feel like, man, I have no value. The offense left me feeling like, man, you cut me off in traffic, and I feel like, man, I'm a terrible driver. I'm a terrible. I put something on Facebook, and you responded sarcastically. It made me feel like I had no value, like I have no voice. That's a real thing. Okay, but it could go deeper than that. And now someone failed me. And now it's not that I don't feel like I have value. Now I feel victimized when their offense uh, fails me. I feel victimized. And until I forgive their failure, 
Isn't that what Colossians just told us? Until I forgive their failure, until I forgive their fault, I'm going to forever live as the victim for the rest of my life. Because one thing that victimized me happened, and now I can't forgive that. I'm still living with that, so I'm taking out on you what somebody way back there did to me. And until I can forgive that, I will forever be the victim in every situation, in every marriage, in every job, in every friendship. Come on, is that making sense? Okay, so now I'm victimized. Um, Or if it goes deeper and they flagrantly fouled me, they have now violated me. Uh, To to violate, violate is a lack of respect. it's a lack of concern about what you did to me. Remember, because you exploited me, and so the feeling is I'm left feeling violated. I, I was called names. I was lied about. There was defamation of character. You took advantage of me emotionally, physically, financially, and so I'm I'm left here in the wake of the disaster, and I feel violated. I feel abused. I feel there's some people right now that are listening to me and you're in unhealthy dating relationships and you are living with this feeling because that person doesn't love you. They are flagrantly fouling you. We're going to talk about it. All right, let's go to the results that come. The results are under this, when I'm just frustrated, the results are kind of petty, aren't they? I mean, there's people dealing with real issues, and I'm going to say, Tony, cut me off in traffic, man. And somebody that's over in this category is going to be like, get a life. Am I right? Right? It's like, come on, really? You didn't have Netflix for a week during the shutdown? Really? I didn't have groceries. I didn't have a job. Right? Okay, so that's why we have to understand the lanes. Because otherwise we'll be freaking out like the sky is falling. The Antichrist is here. But it's just a petty issue. It's just petty. Someone cut you off in traffic. Get a life. Right? Okay, so it's just a, the results are, it's just kind of, it's just kind of petty. And, and what happens we can get trapped into living right here. We can get trapped in the drama of the petty. And, and we major in minors. Come on. I have watched people ruin their lives over petty things. I have watched people in the church world divide the church over petty things. I've watched uh, uh, churches split and divide over the way you do communion, over the way you do water baptism, uh, over the what you wear to church, over what songs you sing. Petty issues that are just blown out of proportion. Right? Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of right here. You ever heard the term, it's the straw that broke the camel's back? It's that. It, 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 it's just, it, it's so funny. And I, I got to be careful how I say this because, um, but we've met with couples before and it's like their marriage is on a train wreck and, and you start trying to ask them, well, what's going on? And everything they talk about is petty. But how many, you know, if you keep adding petty to petty to petty to petty, a whole lot of petty can get just as heavy as a lot of failures, right? Okay, so it, it, it's petty. Then, if it moves a little bit deeper, the results under failure can be painful. It's just painful. Uh, when someone fails you, how many know it's painful? 
When somebody lets you, lets your, you have an expectation because you stood at an altar and made promises to one another to love each other, to, to, to forsake all others, and you didn't meet my expectation, it, it left a scar in my heart. And now the next person that comes along poured salt on that scar, on that, right? Okay, so it fails. Um, and so what we do, oftentimes, I'm not, I'm not going to preach all these, but when, when we're painful, we'll often build walls around our heart. We'll, we'll build walls, but the very walls that we build to protect us keep other people out that might bring healing to us. So this whole open circle thing isn't just for the church, it's for you too. Okay? All right. Or, now, here's, here's a serious one right here. Well, they're all serious. But the results, if someone, watch this, don't put it up there yet. Wait for me to ask for it. If someone flagrantly fouled me, tried to hurt me on purpose, they exploited me, they did something nasty to me for their benefit, and it left me feeling violated, watch what happened. The results can be, put it up there, uh, programming. Wrong programming. My brain gets programmed that that's all I'm good for. Watch this. L- let me show it to you this way. L- let me, let me t- when I get exploited as a kid and I'm left feeling violated as a child, it, 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 it programs my mind. When, 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 you, when, you, when you exploit me and you do something to me for your benefit, it tells my brain the only value I have is what you just took from me. And, and my brain starts getting short-circuited. It, it, it gets the wires. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Um, and, and so now I have programming. And that's why when no one's looking, I am desperate to click on those bad sites that I shouldn't be clicking on. Because my, I've been programmed that's why when I see every woman as an object rather than God's creation, that's why I see every man as an abuser and a cheater. That's why I see every church as after my money. That's why, because I've been programmed because someone exploited me. It, it, here, here's what it is. James says it this way. This isn't in any notes, but uh, you can write it down. James says this. He says, we are all drawn away when, when, when um, we are all drawn away or we all stumble when we are pulled by our own wicked desires, right? So things happen to us in life, whether it was your fault or someone else's fault, that put appetites in our life. And he says, we're drawn away by our own, our own wicked desires, our own wicked desire. Wicked is where we get the word wicker. Wicker. You ever, anybody have wicker furniture? It's when things are twisted together. So we, we get programmed because things get crisscrossed. God gives us something called love, and the enemy comes in and twists it because of an exploitation and a violation, a flagrant foul. Everybody following that? Is this getting too deep? <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to keep on going. All right, uh, um, and, and because I think God's going to do something through it. So let's, let's push through the pain a little bit because I know I'm stepping uh, on some sensitive issues. Um, all right, so you got that one. I'm, I'm going to move on because I'm already running out of time. Okay, so let's look at the antidote. The antidote in this category, I just need some maturity in my life. Hey, I just need to grow up. 
Come on, parents. Any of you parents ever told that to your kids? Just grow up. Any wives ever said that to your husbands? Just, just grow up. You know what I'm saying? Just, I mean, really, you just need some maturity. Things that, and when I start, watch this, when I start getting some maturity in my life, by the way, this is why we want you to come to church every week, not once a year. I need some maturity. I need to grow up. I grow up by learning more. Okay, And the mess I'm in is a result of what I already know. So maybe I need to learn some more. I need to mature because I keep letting petty things get me off track. And I keep feeling like I have no value over something that should just be a frustration in life. Have you ever seen somebody totally get sideways and you're like, Oh, wow. What would they do if they had a real problem? Right? Okay. It just takes a little mature. Let, let, let me, have you, come on, anybody have babies around? They will throw a fit. They will scream, holler, kick, all because their bottle was the wrong temperature. Why do they do that? Because they're not mature yet. Right? Uh, give me 1 Corinthians real quick. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I've seen some gray-haired people talking like children. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. Watch this. Remember, I talked about this week number two when I did these. But when I became a man, when I decided I'm going to grow up, I put away... I put childish things behind me. Life is full of frustrations. And if I let frustrations throw me off, I've had people tell me, I didn't come to church today because I was frustrated. What? Then you're always going to be frustrated. The devil will make sure. I was frustrated. I'm frustrated right now. Right? Okay. All right. Go, Go back to my thing here. All right. Okay, so the antidote is I just need to grow up a little. I need to mature, and, and there's ways to do that growing in God. Okay, now over here, if somebody failed me, watch this. We're going to start getting in some deep water here. If someone failed me, I need to do more than grow up. What I need is ministry. And friends, that is why I say this all the time. I know 2020 is an exception. Come do life with us. I double dog dare you. Give us one year and do everything we say. We are not random. We do four things in this church. And you come and you get on the journey. You come to church every week. We'll let you have one Sunday off. No, okay. You come to church every week. You get involved in a life group. You join a dream team. And you go through the process, the step. We ha- we're not doing church random. Everything we do is for a specific reason, to help you receive ministry. You, you come to church and you get filled up, right? I hope you're getting filled up right now. You get filled up. Somebody's going to tell you, you can do it one more week, and, and you're going to do it. And then you're going to start believing it yourself without me telling it to you. Then you're going to get in a life group, and you're going to start getting discipleship. And then, once you get some discipleship behind you, now you're going to get on a dream team and learn the wonderful secret of, when I minister to others, I get ministered too. When I help others get stronger, I get stronger. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others shall be refreshed, right? Okay, so, so that's what happens. Uh, so we always say, just get on the journey with us. If you'll just be on the journey, get in the ministry. Don't randomly come to church. 
Don't, don't just randomly win. Here's what happened to me. The, um, I, I have a muscle in this shoulder that's totally torn off the bone. It's been like that for a, a, a long time, and, and it hurts like crazy. I can't lift this arm but about to there. It makes it really hard to work out. <laughs> this one, you know, if you went to arrest me, I'd be like, hey, all right? And so, and, and so I decided I was sick of the pain, so I went to physical therapy, and I signed up for six weeks. And I went, and I went faithful, showed up six weeks, six weeks, six weeks. I went six weeks. And finally, I was like, I'm done with this. I, I, I don't see any improvement. Six weeks. And, and, and I thought, well, and, and the physical therapist said, man, I need you for at least a year, and then you might have to have surgery. And, and I left after six weeks. And, and, and as I was driving away from my sixth appointment, I thought, oh, you know how the Lord will use things on the preacher so you got things to preach about? <laughs> I, I felt the word something like hypocrite come in my mind. Because I know Christians that think they will get over all the scars of life by coming to church six times in a year. It took you 30 years to get like that. And you want it fixed in a 30-minute sermon. Come on now. You need ministry, consistent ministry, life-giving ministry. I'm beating this drum because I want somebody in the house to shout, amen. We need ministry, right? We got to have ministry. James says it this way, skip, uh, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Watch this. Confess your sins to Jesus that you'll be forgiven, but confess your sin, your fault to a brother so that you can get healed. That's why we do life groups, not because you need another social event, so that I can have a friendship with somebody and share with somebody what the fault is I have that keeps offending my wife, offending my children, offending my boss. Come on, everybody, right? Okay, so you need ministry. Okay, go back to my graph. Watch this. If it's a flagrant foul, I need more than ministry. Watch this. I simply need a miracle. But watch this. This is why I wanted to put this in columns, because I have people that come to me sometimes say, Ken, I need a miracle. And of course I'm going to pray for you, and of course I'm going to believe God for a miracle. But what I want to say to you is, no, you need to get your lazy butt out of bed and come to church week in and week out and get in a life group and get on the dream team and get on the journey. You don't need a miracle. You need ministry. Sorry, edit that get your lazy butt out of bed part, all right? How many know what I'm talking about, though, right? I want to be a millionaire. Really? Get a job. Okay. One second in the presence of God can heal you, right? Absolutely it can. I believe that. Yeah, it, it can heal you, but don't abandon his bride. All right, let me, uh, let me, let me, let's talk about the answer. I got two more slots. Is everybody still with me? Come on. Let, let's talk about, here's the answers I need. Right here, the answer to my petty issue is I need some patience. I know I'm preaching to me. Watch this. If I'm going to get frustrated over every little thing, the answer is I need patience, and that patience will bring me some maturity, and that maturity will help me not get sidetracked on petty issues, 
And, and when I'm no longer sideways on petty issues, I don't struggle every single day of my life with the feelings, letting feelings dictate that I have no value. Now it doesn't matter what exchange I have, I am growing beyond the frustration levels of life. Okay? All right. So the answer over here, someone failed me and let me down. Here's what I need over here. Now I need a process. Let me mess with you a minute here. I need a process in life. I say this all the time around here. Order determines outcome. You need some order in your life. You need a process in your life. You, you need to make God first in your finances, first in your time, first in your, the law first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added unto you. Get up every day and let the process be, I'm going to spend some minutes in the, in the word of God, in praising God, in thanking God, in honoring God. Get a process going in your life. Come on. It's the law first. It's a process. Now I know some old-fashioned Christians want to say, we don't need a process process pastor ken in my days all we needed was a miracle from the hand of god yeah but you got it in the wrong category i've admitted that you need a miracle and god delivered you and it's wonderful but now we need a process so you don't walk down the same road again now we need to help you remap your life so that you don't need a miracle again tomorrow Come on, it was a miracle every day that they gave manna to Moses, but Moses wanted to get out of miracle territory and get to Canaan so that now they were in the process of milk and honey. Come on, let, let me tell you, all those that don't believe in a process, let me tell you this. Go look up how many times in Scripture it, it says things like the steps, plural, of the, uh, of the righteous are ordered of God, right? That's a process. Lord, guide my path. Well, a path isn't one step. Thy word is a light unto my path. You don't need his word for one just one day at church. No, you need his word for a, unto my path. It's multiple steps. Is everybody tracking with me on that? So we need a process in life. We'll, and that's why, again, we don't do church randomly around here. I know 2020 has been a shotgun approach, but listen, there's a process. We will walk you through a process. We talk about it all the time. All we are trying to do is help you get one step closer to keep you in the process, to keep you on the journey. There has to be a process. Okay, i got to be done. I'm, are you worn out yet? Okay, here we go. So here, the answer is either I need patience if it's frustration. I need a process if I've been failed, oh, watch this one. I need to be in his presence. And, and watch this. Please hear this. The reason I need a process is to learn what it feels like to make room for his presence. I, I see people talking all the time. We need to move a God. Yeah, but have you been in his presence by yourself lately? I just need to be, I need to learn how to be in his presence because in his presence is where I get miracles. And miracles help change the wiring, the programming, the abuse, the molestation, the values. It, it, it helps erase the feelings of being violated and being a victim. It helps change me from from, and it helps me to now be more than a conqueror, the head and not the tail. The miracle, his presence reminds me that where I'm at is not where I have to stay. Right, everybody? 
I, I got to be in his presence. Okay, let's do the last one. Now, now there comes a reaction. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. Their fault creates an offense. And that offense could either frustrate me, it failed me, or it flagrantly fouled me. So what is, what is going to be my, my reaction? If, if I am growing, what you definitely need is a bounce back. If it's just a frustration, you need to get a hold of your own brain and say, stop it. I'm serious about this. Listen, one of the fruits of the Spirit, I shouldn't say it plural, but let me, for the sake of time, the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. What? How many times does the Bible say, put on joy? Go read, go read Ephesians and see how many times it says, put on joy. That means you have self-control. That means you can't be, well, I'm just in a, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed because, you know, well, then go back to bed and get up on the other side. You have the control to do that. When you're talking about the level of frustration, I'm not talking about when you've been flagrantly fouled. I'm talking about when you're in the, somebody did, somebody, you know, messed up my cornflakes. Okay, then you need to bounce back. Do you know how many times right before I have to come out here and speak, I have to decide I got to bounce back. I, got a, I, I had a bad day. I just read a nasty email. I had a real heavy issue. Someone uh, I know just committed suicide. Someone called me with it, and I got a heavy thing, a, a, a major heavy thing, because I had a point of exchange, right? And some things happened. But because there's some maturity, then I can just bounce back. I can deal with that another minute, but right now I'm going to be life-giving. Bounce back. That way you don't go home and kick the dog and yell at the kids. On your drive home from a bad day, bounce back. That'd be a good song. I'm going to bounce back. I'm gonna, okay, all right, all right. Okay, so you got to bounce back. Over here, don't. I'm white. I can't do that. Okay, all right, so here we go. But if you've been failed, I need more than a bounce back. Watch this. Here's the one. I need boundaries. I Oh, man, i got to do a series on this. John Townsend wrote an incredible book by that name, uh, uh, Boundaries. Some of you have probably read it. Anybody read it? Great book. Great book. If you're having trouble with boundaries, go read it. One day I'll preach out of that. But, but you, man, this is one of the hardest things for Christians to wrap their brain around. Listen, you can forgive them, but it doesn't mean you have to have Christmas dinner with them. Maybe that wasn't a good timing to put that on there. <laughs> well, it looks like I'm changing my plans. <laughs> Listen, you stole my car. I'm going to forgive you, but I'm not telling you where my car's parked and where I keep my keys. Right? Because you, I don't know that you've been through the same process to get healing that I, I, I don't know if you're any more mature than you were when you did it to me. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. When you failed me, I, I'm, I'm not... I've been through a process. I'm growing. I'm changing. So now I need some boundaries. Let me tell you one quick story. Remember Jonah? He's running from the will of God. He jumps on a boat. And these poor sailors are now in a storm because of one knucklehead. They're throwing their cargo, their livelihood. They're trying to make a living. They're trying to feed their family. And Jonah, because he's out of the will of God, creates a storm. They start throwing their cargo overboard. Finally, Jonah says, I'm the reason. They threw Jonah off the boat. Some of you need to throw Jonah off your boat. That doesn't sound very Christian. You said we're an open circle. We are an open circle. But that doesn't mean everybody should be on your good ship lollipop. You know what I'm saying? 
Come on now. Some of you got people on your life because somebody's told you that's the Christian thing to do. No, the Christian thing to do is to be a good steward over your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. Forgive them and let them live down the road. Come on now. You got to grow. You got, that sounded a little tough, but uh, you guys good? Okay, I got to do the last one. I'm in a hurry, and when I get in a hurry, I sound mean. I don't mean to be mean, all right? All right, here, here we go. Give me... Give me the last one. If they flagrantly fouled me, watch this. I either need to break it off, I need to break it up, or I need to break through. Let me go back to that unhealthy dating relationship. That scoundrel, if he's exploiting you to get something that benefits him, but it hurts you, the, react, the answer, you need to break that off. You, you Don't pass payday or just... You, you need to break it off. Well, I'm just believing that he's going to get saved, and I'm just, I, I, no, you need to break it off, right? Come on, I need some married folks to help me. Am I right? Come on. Say amen like it's your daughter. Amen. Now we're talking, okay. Break it off or break it up, or if it's unhealthy, man, you, you, we got to learn to break it off. There's somebody in my life I love dearly, but I can only be so close to them. Otherwise, the offense will continue to happen, and I want it. And don't you think for a minute the devil doesn't try to play games on my brain. Well, if you were a good Christian, no, I'm a good Christian because I have to be a steward of my heart. God gave me a heart and a soul and feelings, and I can't be any good to you if I'm bitter over one person. How many people got you bitter and now your bitterness is hurting your marriage, is hurting your kids, is hurting your career, is hurting your blessing? Because blessed are they who are not offended in me.